I'm not giving you this audio file to play with. No way. Um, yeah. No, mine's mine's going up and down. Yeah, no, Are I you mean, talking it, about the yeah, no, it's just just input? not as big as it normally is. Yeah. <laughs> up and down. Welcome to episode 15 of Australian Design Radio, to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy, and with me on the internet in Melbourne is Matt Leach. Hey, Matt. Hello. It is cold down here. Yeah. It's really, really... I just realised I've got boots that are definitely summer boots, because my toes get really cold. Maybe it's just I'm getting old. All my extremities are getting colder all the time. It's probably all of the above. Yeah. I imagine it's cold and you're also getting old. Because I've just moved I've moved to the mountains as well in New South Wales, Blue Mountains, Katoomba. And it's mm. cold there as well. It's like, <laughs> this, is, this is my thing now. Cold. <laughs> you're, like, you're turning into the Yeti. I know. I know. Well, it's just... It, it was funny. It, you know, when we were... Um, when we sort of started and, and your Skype picture came up and, and you look really clean cut and then it had, it had the video of me above that and I just look so kind of haggard, like a, like a Yeti, kind of, kind of like a Yeti. Yeah. So, yes, I don't know. It's a time in my life dealing with it. But, um, it's good. And we, like a mountain pirate. Like a mountain pirate. <laughs> I'm going to get that tattooed. That's awesome. You can. It's all yours. Mountain pirate. <laughs> Speaking of names, yes. um, we actually spoke a lot about naming um, when we were chatting with Tim K. Yeah, so we had Tim K on, Tim Kotsiakos, uh, who uh, most people know from Reactive, but a lot of people would also know from DT before that as well. And he's, you know, what's, what's great about Tim K is he's been involved in the digital business, definitely in Australia, um, from, from the ground up sort of thing. So we, we spoke a little bit mm. about getting, getting started in that area and, and how to deal with clients potentially when clients don't really know what you do um, mm. or, or, or what you can offer and just about how that's changed as well but obviously he's gone yeah he's um, started up his own thing called yep. Build Mass so we talked about the naming of that and, and how that came about and just also that, that whole idea of um, you know he, he was an executive creative director and in many ways you know getting back on the tools now so they're kind yep. of you know being you know, going from a massive team to, to him. Going from a massive team to a mass team. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, perfect. All right. Well, we think, we, are, we think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. I spent um, probably near about eight years at, at DT working with Dave and, um, you know, sort of seeing the transition from David Troyan design to DT and then um, eventually DT Digital. And, you know, for me that that was a really um, an exciting sort of time, to be honest, because, um, you know, A, I was sort of learning on the job and, uh, you know, we felt like we were one of the very few who were actually doing digital work at the time. and. Be, you know just sort of seeing you know Dave um, you know really uh, making the most of the opportunity and and ultimately sort of selling part of the business and going through that sort of change and I think when I left there was um, probably maybe a dozen or so it sort of mm. seems quite you know modest at the moment now that the hundreds of people they are now but um, but yeah, I mean was, that was must have been a pretty um, crazy time just you know talking about digital to clients who potentially 
didn't know what you were talking about or couldn't see the benefit? Yeah, it was a bit of a black box. I think um, it was a mystery to them what, what we did. And, um, you know, like, I think we were sort of making it up a little bit as we went as well. And there are a lot of things that I think um, the industry is talking about now around, you know, user experience and information architecture and testing and all the rest of it that are at, at present now specialist sort of fields. And back then, I think they were just sort of things that we did in the sort of design process. Um, but... You know, the types of work that we were doing, particularly early on, were, were pretty modest, really. They were they were often kind of little brochureware sites and, um, you know, there, of course, there wasn't any sort of mobile screens to design for at the time. So it was all pretty simple and pretty sort of risk-free. Then, you know, as time went on, even towards the end of my stint at DT, um, I remember Dave showing me his WAP WAP enabled phone and right. you know getting the de- the dev guys to sort of make a, a WAP version of the DT site and I remember looking at this screen which was like looking at one of those DOS computers with a yep. you know thinking man this is never going to take off no one's ever going to look at the internet on their phone you know and then um, yeah sure enough here we are you know half the stuff we designed for is on mobile and how do, I mean in the same sort of breath you know now that the stuff that you're doing right now is are you still finding that clients I'm very unaware of, of what it is you do or, um, or what, what you can do to bring, yeah, bring stuff to the business. Yeah, uh, I don't think I'd say that anymore. I mean, I think um, a lot of the clients that I'm working with nowadays are clients who have um, sort of gone through, certainly the sponsors of the projects, you know, they've gone through several versions of these sort of projects over the course of the last 10 years. So they've, if anything, they're a lot more um, sort of, conscious of um what what they need it to do and and you know the, the great thing about digital is that there's no way to hide right you know either it works yeah. or, or it doesn't you know you you find it really really quickly so a lot of clients um have uh, quite high expectations um i mean i think smaller sort of echelon of clients you know uh, you know, it it's sort of sometimes feels quite expensive for them to, you know, to, to spend what they have to to get a good sort of product. But um, I'm probably less a fay with sort of those clients and more sort of a fay, I guess, with with the sort of more corporate sort of end of the, the clients these days. Mm. And and, and back, back in the day, who were some of those original clients that you guys had? <laughs> oh, that's a fantastic question. Um, we... Uh, my, one of the, some of the very first projects that I ever did included the um, Melbourne Tennis Centre, uh, which I can promise you was at uh, 640 by 480 um, and, and, <laughs> wow. and in 256 colours. Um, and then it was, uh, we, we did a site for Monash University and I remember literally having to dither the colours by one pixel at a time in wow. Photoshop because, so that it would render in a sort of a half-toned background. Oh, God. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, I think we did a bit of work for Mercedes early on and I think, um, oh, man, I can't really remember much more, but, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty uh, pretty fun projects at the time, you know. All right. So... You left there, and you've you, then you've you've. Wherever, I think probably where everyone knows you now is is was that reactive, yeah. Where where you became an executive creative director. Yeah. So I um, I mean, leaving DT was actually pretty daunting in a way because um, I mean, I felt like I wanted to grow, and um, but on the other hand, I also felt like I was working for sort of one of the best 
design and digital design businesses in Melbourne. So um, I worked at a few places and then um, eventually I found myself at, at Reactive and um, I'd known the Tims who, who um, owned uh, Reactive at the time. I'd known we, should, we should clear that up because I'm always... How many Tims? Were, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so um, there's Tim B who um, was actually on yep. a ADR podcast uh, a while ago and listeners might might know him. Um, he's the um, was the creative director in Sydney. He's the creative director in Sydney. And uh, the two the other two Tims that people would know of are Tim O'Neill and Tim Fooey who um, did own the business up until fairly recently. Now, those guys... I mean, they're a success story in their own right. Um, you know, they, they, I mean, this was sort of about 1996 when I think I first bumped into those guys and they were working at Sausage Software. They started Reactive not long after um, and I'd sort of, uh, you know, met them early on and we became friends and, you know, for for a long period whilst I was working at DT, they were sort of, you know, the, the kind of enemy a little bit, you know, the right. comp- competition at least. <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, eventually... Um, you know, they, they'd grown their business um, uh, to the point where there was probably 14, 15 people there and they they had design backgrounds themselves but they felt like they needed to concentrate on the business and they needed to um, put a creative director on. So they sort of um, contacted me and um, I, um, you know, met with them and it all sounded really cool. Um, uh, you know, the, the irony is I, I didn't... Um, I sort of told myself I'd stay there a couple of years and see how it went. No, I was actually there over nine years, so I mean that must be testament yeah. to, <laughs> to them, to them and the sort of the business that they've created. But you know, equally, um, you know, like th- th- that really is the the big sort of second chapter in my career, and I learnt a lot. And I mean, I, I I was there probably the first four or five years as a creative director, and then um, you know moved into the uh, executive creative director role after that and and i guess that was um in short to sort of reflect the the um the growth of the business and the sort of global um uh footprint of the business and and at the time um you know it was uh you know it it went from sort of being about melbourne to opening an office in in sydney and um you know early on i spent a lot of time sort of trying to help build the the creative side of the business in sydney and then um, that the next sort of chapter, you know, sort of ended up being around, um, you know, opening opening for business in New York and London and then sort of Auckland. And um, certainly um, I couldn't take credit for any of this stuff, but towards, towards the end, I guess, my sort of role, you know, really um, required me to, uh, I guess, sort of, I mean, ultimately be responsible for um, what creativity meant for, for Reactive and our... our um, portfolio of clients and all the rest of it but um, you know as much as anything I think um, you know it, it was about working with the Tims and the Tims are based in Melbourne and I guess I was on the leadership team so um, you know it, it is it true that only people called Tim <laughs> yes <laughs> it is true actually yes <laughs> yes um, so yeah like it you know, it, it, it was a really good career there and, um, you know, over over the course of that career, it, you know, like just sort of thinking back now, it went from, you know, uh, I don't know, a dozen people to, 
to over 100 and offices everywhere and you it's know it's, and you big. spoke about that being your second chapter yeah of, yeah. Your, of your working career so yeah. you're now in your third chapter correct yeah. which is so you just opened your own business yeah so i mean this is um all very exciting for me to sort of talk about because it's been something i've been wanting to do for a long time and you know it's hard to leave a place um that you love and that that you're you're incredibly comfortable in and i and think seen grow and been, seen grow been, and been a major part of that so yeah exactly and and um you know like i've uh, got a wife and kids and a mortgage and sort of commitments and um I turned 40 last year and, you know, I made it it to 40. Um, And I I just sort of, you know, like, I I think I would have been very happy staying there, to be honest. And, you know, it it became a job that I I, I thought I could do well. And, um, you know, I I knew what the the future was and it was Mm. sort of very, very comfortable. But, you know, towards the end, I sort of felt like that wasn't a reason to stay, a good reason to stay. And... You know, I wanted to give myself a new challenge and to um, also get back to basics a little bit. And, um, you know, so I started my own business called Mass. Um, and, you know, that was really, I mean, I've only been running for <laughs> four, four, weeks, four or five four, weeks. Yeah, yeah wow. so. Yeah, we, we thought we'd get in early. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've got the Breaking ex- news. You've got the exclusive pretty much. Um, yeah, so. So yeah. Where, where did the name come from? Uh, is, it, is, it, is it an acronym? No, you know, I don't have a very good story around the day. Is it, is it very to no, 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 not even. You're not meant um, to have one yet. You've, you've, you've got to make yeah. one up and then post rationalize <laughs> it like any design brief, right? <laughs> yeah, love it. I've, I've got to crowdsource it. Um, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Look, I, uh, you know, I, well, I mean, you labor over these things, right? You know, the fun, this is the funny thing, because you I'm sure everyone thinks about starting their own business, right? And and you think about all the perfect things you're going to do, and you you know in your head you sort of imagine, you know, the day you start your business, and you're going to have this beautiful brand, this beautiful, well thought out strategy around how you know the positioning and everything. And then you kind of, um, you know, you get it, you you get sort of caught up in the moment a little bit, and and all of a sudden those things don't seem as important um not, not to say that we didn't you know i didn't labor over the name um i did labor over the name and and um you know like I, matt you asked me earlier sort of what were there any you know runners up mm. um and and you know i had i did have lots of lots of different runners up on the list and it, it's funny because i um i listened to this great uh i think it was a slide share thing it was all about naming and I really wanted to do it, do it correctly and I really wanted to sort of think about what I wanted to communicate and the positioning and, I, you know, I really sort of spent a lot of time trying to um, communicate what, what I thought was sort of important and basically what happened, what, what that meant was I, I ended up coming up with names that were really quite literal and, and what I felt was that... I, I designed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I designed websites to come and work, you know, get your website. But it's, towards the end, I sort of felt like um, a word like mass was just sort of abstract enough f- for me to think that I might like over time and, and not sort of get sick of. And um, so there's not much more to it than that. Although, you know, I do like the idea of, um, you know, like a- an experience sort of being um, the sum of a lot a lot of different parts and it being a sort of a complete, um, I guess, massive touch points and, you know, uh, that that, you, that is tangible and 
all the rest of it. But really, now I am just starting to sort of backward engineer <laughs> at this point. So, um, what was so the, the top runner that didn't make the cut? <laughs> it was going to be clever together for for uh, for a good time there. I thought clever together. Well, that's sort of exactly what I want to communicate because, you know, like I um. Uh, uh, you know, had a bit of a ring to it and all the rest yeah. of it. And, and, you know, my the way I like to work and the, the way the sort of um, culture of the teams that I like to think that I've tried to grow over, you know, in my various roles, um, was such that they are all around collaboration and, you know, being iterative and, and kind of working together and having a really good respect for each other and, and a really deep sort of respect for the client and the and the user of the sort of end product. And so that sort of um, could have sat right with me. But, you know, towards the end, I felt like names like Clever Together kind of sounded more like a... Um, a, a value as opposed to a name right. and, and okay. I, I just knew I'd get sick of it and it sort of just sounded like a couple of guys in the back of a, a garage in, in Fitzroy which is actually not too dissimilar to what I'm actually doing but <laughs> you get the idea so what's the elevator pitch of mass um, well I, I mean I guess the main thing is that I'm really just concentrating on digital design and user experience um, and that I'm really wanting to work collaboratively on um, digital products and experiences uh, for for existing sort of customers. Um, I'm, I'm more interested in, in creating, uh, you know, things that people actually use and, and love from a day-to-day perspective as opposed to sort of one-off kind of, you know, temporary things that someone might kind of see on their Facebook timeline and forget about a week later. So... Um, you know, at the moment, you know, one of my biggest clients is um, basically, you know, I'm working with with them and their engineering team on a on a um, on a digital product, um, and I'm really really enjoying that. And you know, and I think that um, that that's sort of really exciting. But you know, who knows exactly where where what sort of projects I'm going to be working on? But um, I definitely feel like there's a bit more of a noble <laughs> cause, perhaps around. Right creating you know um just really good sort of products that kind of stay around for a while and and get used by a lot of people um that's do you, do you think that's an age made. thing as well in the sense of i mean i'm just about to be 40 yeah good luck congratulations <laughs> thank you it's a holly shop around the corner if you <laughs> but just that whole um i i very much have that feeling like i want to be involved in things that are yeah do, doing something mm. for other people with creating a better life for people or I guess that's sort of how I feel as well and and, and it's sort of um, I feel like there's enough sort of shit there that that people are being asked to look at and and, you know um, know, and I read a I don't know I've been I read a book that sort of changed my life about um, oh god it would be about 10 years ago now my friend Andrew Green if you're listening (laughs) thank you for recommending this it was called choice paralysis um this is a bit of a tangent oh, right yeah. no but um yeah i loved it and, and and they sort of talked about things like um and bear in mind this was a long time ago that i read the book but you know they used examples like that that market um test that they did where they they had five jams one day and um sort of recorded how many people purchased these jams or marmalades or whatever they were and then the next day they they tried 25 um, and then they measured how many people bought these jars of jam 
Um, and what they found was um, that, you know, people, um, there were more purchases when there were fewer choices. And I think there's this sort of um, expectation that if you have more and more and more choices, um, that you're going to live a happier life. But it actually plateaus to a point where you start kind of freaking out going, uh, well, whatever I choose, I'm going to miss out on something. So I guess, um, you know, <laughs> I guess the way I feel about things generally is that, um, you know, there's desi- designers and, and uh, people in the sort of creative industry do have a bit to answer for in a way because we are introducing a lot of um, things and a lot of... Um, you know choice you know into people's lives and 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 you know i guess i'm most interested in or less interested in introducing more things to choose from but more interested in making the things that are there you know really great um and and sort of worthwhile um you know it's a bit of a tangent but i guess that that, that, we like tangents that's what we do (laughs) tangents Mm. yeah i think it's um something every designer should read Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember I read it when it was that whole kind of thing about how many, um, how many. It, it was still very much in the presentation mm. kind of phase of design, where it's like the big reveal. And it's like ta da! Yeah. And how many? And I, I think it came off the back of my wife having to present sixteen different concepts <laughs> to a client. <laughs> she was just like, "This is mental! Like, I, I shouldn't have to be doing that." And then end, end up not getting the job. Wow. Basically, because it was just too much to look mm. at, and, mm. and it split the kind of board down multiple ways. Yeah, well, you know, like we're probably spending more time on this exact subject than we than we should. But <laughs> you know, the, that book was so interesting to me because whatever it was called, <laughs> that book was so bloody interesting to me because it sort of went on to sort of say, um, you know, everyone, it's like you have a choice about everything now you know you have a choice in your career because there's there's you can self-educate yourself so you know you can choose any discipline you want so it's your responsibility if you don't choose the right one and you can even (laughs) improve your own looks with cosmetic surgery so if if you're not you know the the best looker then it's sort of your fault you know and on and on and on and on and and it's, I like how we went straight to cosmetic surgery instead of like changing our diet he was going, looking going at me as well. for a run was he looking at you yeah it's so rude i was looking at bear grills over here <laughs> yeah, you, could, you could choose to shave or not shave yeah. <clears throat> um so but what about ecosystems then because this mm. is something that came up in a talk i was involved in recently this this idea that the the apple ecosystem is becoming more and more closed i guess um because they are literally saying people don't want the choice they just want things that work and then obviously google's trying to do that as well is is that going to be a good because that's kind of like the opposite of too much choice isn't it so yeah you know um I love the sort of the the question there and I think sometimes things like a consistent design language or an interaction language much like the Google material or those types of sort of tools that these sort of companies are using to um, tighten up their ecosystems and make people feel like um, you know it's all familiar they're being used strategically definitely to make people feel like um, a first of all, you know, the, the products need to be beautiful anyway. So, you know, they need to get you to fall in love with the product in the first place. But once you have fallen in love with that product, 
it's a lot easier to fall in love with the sort of products around that kind of um, ecosystem. Uh, and, I, and I think those sorts of things are definitely, um, you know, helping helping brands to, you know, kind of, um, you know, create a lot more value. And if you if you've ever heard of the, the guys from RGA talk about, um, I think they call it functional integration. Yeah. Um, and they talk about things like the Nike Fuel Band and all the rest of it. Um, now, a, a pair of Nike shoes is only as valuable as the next pair of runners, but when you've sort of paired it with your, you know, your fuel band, I'm using a pretty old metaphor mm. here, so I do apologise, but um, once you've paired it with other sort of kind of objects and they have a way of interacting with each other, each of those objects individually become a lot more sort of valuable and you're less likely to throw away those shoes and buy a pair of ASICs because they won't work with your fuel band and you yeah. won't be able to, you know, see your, um, you know, your daily performance online and all the rest of it. So, um, you know, that, that as a, as an idea is, is a very, um, compelling, compelling mm. strategy for, for big sort of brands. I always just imagine that kind of Mad Max kind of future where there's, yeah, the Google people, the Android clan, <laughs> and the, the iPhone from Google Topia, yeah, yeah, from they, Apple's they meet on the planes and fight over water. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, we're talking a little bit. I'm I'm really curious, Tim, as to so you've started when you've you've started your own business, but like what. Like, are you doing all the design work yourself? And, and I, I kind of wanted to see, because I legitimately don't know the answer to this question. Are you, do you, do you code as well? Are you, do you, do you um, put things together as well as make them work and look good? So <laughs> people who know me would know I don't really code, although I do have scrapes of knowledge of coding, you know, tables in HTML from about 20 years ago, which I, I did employ just recently to create my own splash page. Cool. Over the weekend, <laughs> which is terrible. Yeah, don't don't ever look at the source there. But um, so so the answer is no. I mean, I um, you know, it, 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 it's an interesting sort of position that I'm in because I um I wanted to start a business and and you know like just being really really honest here, um, you know, my role at Reactive, you know, meant that I was doing a lot less design work. Um, yeah, you know, and certainly being creative in terms of thinking and. You know, working with clients and offering you know suggestions and direction for for all the rest of it. But I mean, I probably designed maybe two things over the course of the last four years. Side note: I actually bumped into a famous designer um, at a conference, and uh, I kind of recognised him, and he didn't recognise me. And I got talking to him, said, "Hey, man, how are you? Uh, you know, what are you up to?" And he was sort of telling me all the stuff that he was doing. And then he then the question turned to me, and he said, "Oh, so what?" what are you doing? And I said, oh, you know, I'm a big shot executive creative director, don't you know, sort of thing. And, um, you know, and pretty quickly, um, I kind of, and he, and, you know, he asked me this very, um, very good question. He said, oh, so are you designing much? And I said, oh, oh I might design something every six months or so. And he, and he looked at me and he goes, you're happy with that, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it was it was all very very innocent and, and all the rest of it. Uh, but I mean, I guess uh, you know it's a cliched, you know, forty year old you know creative director who sort of wants to get back to his roots and start designing again. And um, and I'm I'm quite sort of uh, aware of that. But you know, I, I am interested in sort of making stuff for people. And you know, I've got a very um, practical sort of um, 
thing of, uh, you know, I can't go out and hire 20 staff straight away. So, mm. um, you know, I need to be um, doing work that I can charge. And, and it's really um, good in, in that respect because I am sort of getting back to actually making stuff and um, really enjoying it. But it's been a very... Um, it's been a very interesting sort of challenge because I think, uh, you know, for those of you who um, are a creative director or whatever in, in a bigger sort of agency, um, you know, you lose touch with your, your craft a little bit and, mm. you know, it's all well and good until you actually have to open up Photoshop for the first time after five years. Um, but I'm hoping it's a little bit like a riding a bike. My, my sort of, um, you know, decision with... Um, you know, with mass is to concentrate just on design, digital design and user experience. Now that mm. might be a decision that I might, you know, um, come to regret down the track, but I mean, a lot of agencies, a lot of, you know, digital agencies, their sort of creative workshop only really sort of represents maybe 30% of the entire team. And uh, I mean, I guess I really mean designers, so everyone's creative, but um, a lot of the sort of big agencies that you know you might be able to think of, a lot of their proportion of staff are actually um, sort of you know de- uh, de- developers and right. you know um, you know architects of sorts and front end developers and all the rest of it. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, that um, you know the, at at the sacrifice of not being able to grow a big business over time. I mean, I think you know with it comes. Um, some independence around the sort of projects that I take on and the um, the technology that I use and um, and you know also having a bit of a sort of a risk free um, you know kind of business for me you know that that stuff uh, still is daunting and you know I, I think I'd make a terrible sort of you know business owner of developers <laughs> pulling their hair out so for me it, you know I'll, I'll be testing my theory a little bit over the course of the next couple of years to see how you know w- whether or not there's appetite in the sort of industry for a, a company that just specializes in sort of design and user experience services mm. um I, I suspect that there is, um, and I suspect it'll sort of mean working with certain types of clients, perhaps clients who already have um, engineering teams and um, you know other businesses that you know that they sort of work with. And I mean, I guess um, you know another question I have, you know, is whether or not um, these big full-service sort of digital agencies. Um, you know whether the tide's changing a little bit and whether or not clients are sort of um, seeking out more sort of specialist sort of agencies and a little bit more comfortable with working with a portfolio of agencies as opposed to one sort mm. of client but I, I why, suspect why do you think that is though well I don't know I guess yeah. is, is the is the first question but um, that's certainly sort of the, the topic that sort of comes up um, I, I guess the real question is whether or not I can sort of run a business that um, because I'm counting <laughs> on the fact that there are enough clients out there who just want design services and are happy yep. to partner with other um, kind of technical, more technically kind of um, focused companies. I'm, I'm really hoping that's the case. <laughs> might, might not be. Um, but either way, I would have learnt, learnt, you know, one way or another. So I guess that's a good outcome. Do you, do you think the industry changing though at the moment? I, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's almost... 
there's almost so much demand that there are layers and pockets. You know mm. what I mean? Like I, I'm always, I always um, mistrust any of these big sort of statements. Like yeah. you know, uh, people will never use a full like the one I just made a couple of minutes ago. Um, I just think it's horses for courses. There's sort of so many clients out there. You know, the, the big clients will go to the big agencies, the little client, you know, and, and, and there are so many different sort of layers there. Um, so it's really hard for me to make broad brushstroke sort of comments. Hmm. Not going to say that digital agencies are dead? <laughs> no. Get no. into CC. Get not ready for that one? Really no, just... big, important, sweeping... <laughs> Yeah, we we can edit that out to make it seem like you just said yeah. yes to that. So we could we could probably do that. Okay. Cool with that. <laughs> no, we wouldn't do that too. We wouldn't do that too. <laughs> I, I agree with I agree with you as well. I you know, a lot of the time, you know, if you ingest everything that everybody says, you you the internet becomes polarizing, right? <laughs> like you, you you have one side of, you know, a loud minority saying one thing and the other loud minority saying kind of the the complete opposite, because that's kind of really what you know gets headlines mm. like that that's what's interesting the rest of us for everybody else who's actually you know sitting on the fence or feels one way one day and the other the other day it's you know it's kind of not very interesting yeah you know i, th- I think um yeah i think uh, you know maybe some of that sort of talk is um i don't know for 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 just a bit of sensationalism or controversy but I, I mean, I definitely felt like um, when I was sort of making the decision to leave Reactive, as hard as it was, I guess really my number one was a, a thing that was going through my mind was, you know, surely I can just make a bit of a living for myself in a very modest sort of situation. You know, surely there are enough people out there who want um, work and, you know, like I, I certainly don't want to monopolize the the market or, or whatever obviously i can't you know but um i reckon there are pockets out there and and you know you've, you've got clients for every you've got a this is a great so you've got a lid for every pot right i don't remember who told me <laughs> that but you've got a lid for every pot so what are you going to do with twitter because obviously tim k has got lots of followers and are you going to switch over completely to mass um, I'll probably run both sort of accounts. I, I don't know if Tim K's got that many, <laughs> many followers. To lots, be honest. lots compared to me. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm going to need to do all that standard stuff, right? You know, like have a you know a Twitter account and an Instagram mm. and a LinkedIn or whatever. Um, you know, just to sort of... I mean, I, I ended up at Reactive. That stuff becomes really important because... Um, you know, when you when you need a freelancer desperately, or you're looking for a candidate, sometimes those are the quickest ways to actually sort of um, you know talk to people, right? So yeah. probably um, is in my interest to sort of start doing that kind of stuff. But um, I'm now I'm, I have this love hate thing with Twitter, right? You know, like a, a, you know, like I'll 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 kind of get all excited by it and send out ten tweets and then sort of drop it for a couple of weeks <laughs> and <laughs> forget about it. So why why not? Just name it after yourself. Um, well, the obvious one being <laughs> my last name, so bloody hard yeah. to spell. I've, I've been getting, I've been. Getting yeah, no one can, <laughs> no one can pronounce your last name. I was yeah. just saying to, I, I, did, I never realised he had a last name. I just thought it was Tim K. Like that was it. So. <laughs> I thought Tim K was just your first full name. So I thought it was just Tim K. Yeah. That's right, man. <laughs> yes. yeah, exactly. Nailed it, man. Nailed it. Oh, wow. Twenty times. Um, 
yeah so it's funny because you know where, where was it when i was at reactive because you've got at you know there were five Tims you know, mm. most of the time. So it was Tim O'Neill, which became Tim O, Tim Fui, Tim F, Tim B, well, Tim using Tim B. So I was, just became Tim K. And it got to a point where clients would actually ask for Tim K and expect my email to be T-I-M-K-A-Y. Right. And we're also quite surprised they've uh. actually got a last name. But, you know, to your question around, you know, why not name the business after myself? Um, uh, look... I actually didn't really think too much. That wasn't a hard decision for me. Um, I mean, initially, I'm going to need to trade a little bit on the fact that um, you know that's almost all I've got at the moment. Is that um, you know, for anyone knows me, they can go to the um, you know splash page and see that I've started this company. So I mean, I guess um, initially I'll need to trade on that a little bit because um, I really don't have much else. But um, for me, I what I want to do over time is create um, a business that uh, I think a lot of people can um, feel like they're part of and that they can contribute to it and that it's as much part of... That's, that's the name. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, maybe that's the meaning go. of there's, that. <laughs> there's your rationale. I think I remember Andy Hoyne saying one at one stage um, that one of his biggest regrets was calling it... Calling the company Hoyne after himself. Oh, really? Wow, really? Yeah. I can't. I, I can't remember why that was, um, but I, f- I feel like it might be something around giving other people, like giving other people ownership as they've gone more into because they're, they're partners now. So there's quite a few partners, oh, yeah. and he, you know, often he'll have to be involved at some stage in in the project because he's verbally attached to that to that brand quite mm. a lot. I'm not sure if that's exactly the reason, but it was something something along those lines. It, it can become a rod rod for your back uh, um, down the track, mm. um, but okay. everyone everyone should see Andy Horn. He's a good good guy. Mm. We do, so funny. We, we were sat in a meeting with him what, last week. Yeah, and he was he was really talking about uh, how graduates are not understanding uh, the business side of things and and just that whole that that. You know, account management needs to be taught to graphic designers and, and that yeah. kind of idea, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, it's so true. We're all we all got to figure it out ourselves, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that we need to get out. I there. think um, that's right. I mean, I think just relying on your craft sort of only kind of gets you so far. And I think um, I had a, a really interesting talk with someone recently um, who studied in. Um, America or Canada? Oh my God, Leisha! I hope you're not going to kill me for forgetting. But um, <laughs> they were sort of saying that you know the way they um, the way they learn design is really quite different um, in that they're really asked every, at every chance to kind of talk about their design work in class in mm. front of people, right? So um, mm. I went to Swinburne. I don't remember that many times that I had to present um, you know I do remember sort of pinning stuff up on the wall at best and maybe hearing you know from a lecturer later that you know perhaps how I could improve it but there certainly wasn't that focus on actually sort of communicating and um, and in addition to that it's I think you know it's very hard to actually teach people uh, designers the sort of importance of um, being able to sort of um, 
take the personal sting out of their work because you know we all we all do this because at some point we used to draw or we used to play lego or whatever the story is and we want to make beautiful things for people and you know we all wear our heart on our sleeve and all the rest of it but that that can really hurt you as a professional and and um you know like i think uh that's a bit of a hot topic because i think uh america does a much better job of giving designers the confidence to be able to talk about the work and as such when as they grow into professionals they can really sort of work through problems with their clients and and all the rest of it um whereas arguably when you don't have that sort of influence during your um sort of curriculum you um you kind of just you, you build up this sort of expectation that you can just sort of put something in front of a client the client will go yeah that's great and then you go away and build it um but the best mm. the, that's not where the best design work comes from um and that might be a surprise for people to hear but i believe if a bit of work is good enough the work will ultimately see through any sort of argument you know if it's really that good any sort of discussion around it um will prove how good it is and if it's not that good any discussion around it will make it better you know, if, if, you, if your design work or your idea doesn't necessarily hold up to the sorts of uh, arguments that, that, you know, the client's sort of giving, then um, perhaps it's not quite good enough. Um, but, you know, in particularly with digital, you know, like sometimes you just can't possibly know the subject as well as the client can either or mm. certainly as well as the user i mean there's nothing quite like actually putting your prototype in front of a user and saying well what do you think and you know the honesty of the feedback that you might get back you know um, but you know i think as soon as you as a as a young sort of designer you sort of get comfortable with that and that process you know the better you will be you know because mm. you know you your work actually grows and um, you can you can build on that and you can develop your ability to be able to sort of um, kind of, you know, turn all those things into um, a positive and actually make, make the product better and better and better. And, you know, you know a client may, you know, th- they may not have the vocabulary that you might have in terms of discussing a, a, a bit of work or critiquing a bit of work. For example, they might say, well, I think you should do... I think you should make the logo bigger or whatever. But, you know, that, that's, I think, your role to be able to say, well, um, you know, like I, 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 what I'm hearing is that, you know, you're, um, you, you know, you, you feel that there needs, people feel that needs to be branded more heavily or what, you know what I mean? Like taking their criticism as a way of them trying to explain what they think the yeah. problem is yeah. um, and, you know, and play that back to them. And then that'll actually make the conversation a, a lot better. Um, you, you talked about RGA before, mm. and you know, thinking about some of the stuff that they're working on now, which is kind of almost self-initiated stuff. So I'm thinking about Hammerhead, for example. Yeah, um, is that something you'd be interested in doing as well? Kind of yeah, build, um, building products. Yeah, I think um, uh, that question's come up a lot. I think lately um, from different people because I think you know, digital designer, you know, they must have um, lots of product ideas and all the rest of it. Mike, I've had some very good advice from people, and and this is one thing I've done quite methodically with launching Mass is I've sought out the best in the business, I guess, and and sort of just had a real open conversation with them and sort of said, what do you think I should be doing? You know, what advice do you have for me? I don't pretend to know. One of the um, trend, one of the big things that came back was, don't get distracted. 
just focus on getting clients in the door, getting good work done, keeping them happy. And, I, and I've really, and I'm going to take that wholeheartedly mm. because it's so easy to get distracted and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you, you're sort of not making any revenue and you, <laughs> you're wondering yeah, what could have yeah. happened and, mm. and all the rest of it. So And it starts all, all banking on, on that one idea. And, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I think first and foremost, I sort of owe it to this idea about creating a business to give it everything I can yep. for now. And then, you know, like if I'm in a place in a couple of years time where I've got all this free time and <laughs> energy to think of other products, I'll, I'll, I'll probably consider them. But, but for now, I'm, I'm probably I'm not going to think too much about mm. those, those ideas. <laughs> mm. It's probably, it's probably a good tactic. <laughs> Um, I think that probably takes us to the end of the show, guys. So we'd like to thank you for listening to Australian Design Radio. Let's go around the table. So, Matt, where can people find you after the show? Yeah, uh, on Twitter, um, at Leechworth. Um, and I'm not even going to say Instagram anymore because I keep on getting followers. I don't do anything. <laughs> I don't actually put anything up there. I'm sorry for the people following me because they'll be like, well, that, that was pointless. <laughs> so, so just Twitter. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, okay, so his Instagram is pointless. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter's where it's at. <laughs> Good to know. And, and Tim, do you do anything more interesting than Matt? Um, well, uh, firstly, thank you um, for, for, for interviewing me. Um, but if you are interested in, in Mass, you can go to hellomass.com and hopefully by the time you look there, there'll be something there of interest <laughs> and um, if you know anything about code uh, just check out the source code and have a bit of a look through <laughs> yeah. tell us what you think it's a bit of a time capsule yeah I love it um, yeah great and, and your personal Twitter as well Tim yeah it's uh, Tim K underscore is okay or something or Tim K okay or what is it I know? think it's Tim K underscore okay Tim K, yeah and you can expect lots of links to the usual Tasty dinner dishes and cat on the tray. Perfect. We'll we'll put these links in the show notes anyway, so people can just um, cats, can just link cats through. Up tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of cats, you can find me at flintracy.com and on Twitter at flintracy. Did he just? You can find. No, but there's lots of cat. There's lots of cats on my okay. website. <laughs> you can find this episode or more at australiandesignradio.simplecast.fm, and you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at ausdesignradio. Um, it's been a while since we got an email, actually. So if you want to hear, if you want to hear from someone particular, or if you have some questions for Matt or myself, um, or a, a random guest that uh, guest, sorry, that um, we I don't, don't know I, who I, that I might like be the yet. Guess like, that's awesome. Just random guest. <laughs> guess who this person is? <laughs> yeah. Just, just guessing something. We're like, oh, that's quite random. <laughs> that's fine. You can send that through too. Um, we, we love to hear them. We love to see them. It's great. It gives us some ideas for, for what to do for the next show. Um, until then, um, thanks. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. sort of just sitting there designing stuff going oh my god I'm you know I'm sure people are going to be scrutinizing this you know later <laughs> and um, you know I, I want it to be perfect right because I want you know I want it to be a, a great representation of um, the work that I'll be 
you know, looking to achieve yeah. out of mass. Um, and, you know, it's been, you know, a little bit rusty or whatever. It's less about the tools and just more about I, I want I want it to be great. I want it to be great work and um, there's nowhere to hide, you know, when I'm doing it. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> can't tell someone to make it greater. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 